Hello. Hello. Welcome to the first real live episode of What You Don't Know Yet. Emphasis on the yet. My name is Glenetta Krause. And I'm Margaret Lytle. And we are teachers who have been at it for a while. I've been teaching for almost 25-ish years, I think. How long have you been teaching, Margaret? Not quite that long. <laughs> um, I will be entering my sixth year Yeah, Margaret has been living only slightly longer than 25 years so (laughs) but we really like our jobs and we as part of our jobs help newer teachers we've been thinking about how we could help more newer teachers and so this podcast is one way to do that so we've come up with a little plan here of how to structure our podcast episodes and it's hopefully how you would structure your lessons each day So what are we looking at, Margaret? So in this podcast, you can expect that we will give our objectives, and then we will have some sort of do now for you, and then we'll get into the meat of the actual lesson, and we'll wrap it up with some homework. So Margaret, what would you say the objective is for today's episode? Uh, Well, hopefully by the end of this episode, you are going to feel able to share your first year teaching experience with another teacher. And not feel ashamed or embarrassed by it because we've all been there. And we look back on those stories with love. And laughter. (laughs) And lots of laughter. We are kind of hoping that people in the early part of their career can listen to some of the mistakes we've made. Some of the things that we've uh, experienced and take the profession one step further. I want you guys to know that teaching can be traumatic, and certainly the first year for me was a little traumatic. Um, (laughs) But you can survive. You can survive anything for a year. (laughs) And I promise you that if you make it through a year, you'll come back and be like, oh, I can do so many different things next year. Um, So as long as you can make it through that first year or two, you're going to... Yeah. Have a blast later. Becoming a, a teacher or becoming good at any craft is a process. And um, those first few years, you really have to be comfortable with failing. And that sounds horrible because you want your students to do well. You want them to pass all these tests. You want them to have the best uh, education possible. And it's just that that's not always going to happen your first year. It's definitely not going to happen. <laughs> Don't even have an expectation that you're going to have any positive impact. I mean, you're going to have positive impact, but like, don't even worry about test scores. Just give yourself a break. I know that like administrators, maybe or you might perceive that administrators are thinking that you're going to be perfect. They're, they're not. They, they know. They've, they've been around the block a while. <laughs> they know that you're not going to be perfect. I think that's one thing, you know, the university builds you up like we've prepared you. Now you're a teacher. False. (laughs) You're still not going to be a teacher for a long, long time. Yeah. I keep thinking of um, Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 hours. Yes. You have to put in 10,000 hours to become a good teacher. You got many years to go before you hit your 10,000 hours. Yeah. (laughs) But you'll get there. It'll be so rewarding once you do. It will. 
So each episode, we intend to offer a do now activity for our students. I mean, our listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Subtle. So yeah, so our do now today is to think of a memorable event or episode that happened during your first year of teaching. So you could jot it down or you could just think of it however you want to do it. We're not going to grade you on your do now. Definitely not. (laughs) So we're going to share a few memories of our first year. Margaret, tell me about your first year of teaching. Well, I'm going to start with my first day because (laughs) that kind of set the whole stage. I don't know if they're still teaching Harry Wong Mm -hmm. at university. Okay, they are. Um, But I was told if I did everything that Harry Wong said, I would have the perfect first year. And... (laughs) As a perfectionist, I really bought into that. Um, so Harry Wong has this like PowerPoint of procedures and routines and rules and whatever. And it is long and boring. And I made it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do this PowerPoint. And um, I'm going to have the best year ever. I'm not going to be that bad first-year teacher. And actually, it, it worked for the first few bells. And I think I like lulled some kids to sleep, which... Great. No behavior problems. Sound like classroom management right there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But then I got to the last bell of the day and like two minutes into my presentation, this girl raises her hand and she says, what is the point of this? And I had no idea what the point was and couldn't certainly couldn't think of one at the moment. And I was like, I don't know, but we're just going to keep going through until we're done. And I lost the class. Like they were talking over me the entire time. It was a total disaster. Um, so that kind of just like set the stage for my teaching year. I was very stressed out the entire year, so much so that I started developing these really bad stress sweats. And oh. I would like raise my hand to write on the whiteboard and I'd be like, what is that acrid smell? And I thought it was like all these teenage boys in my classroom and I was like, God, they need to take showers. Like, I'm going to have to have these talks with them. It took me way too long to figure it out that it was me. (laughs) So I had to get on some medicated deodorant. I don't have that problem now. Um, You cannot smell her through these airwaves here. Um, But I'd have a fight in my classroom, which was a really low point. And yeah, a girl threw another girl into a window. And yeah, yeah. So traumatic. Yeah, we teach high school in an urban setting, and there are uh, kids who fight from time to time, and uh, they know which teachers' rooms they can fight in and which they can't. I was definitely one of those rooms. (laughs) Well, my first year, I started late in the school year. I don't really remember my first day, but I had a lot of crazy things that happened my first year. One of my students was playing dice in the hallway, and I was like, stop this. This is against the rules. And the kid uh, pushed past me, and then, you know, that became an incident because they laid hands on me. I had really put myself in a bad spot, and I'm not letting the kid off the hook. He shouldn't have done that. But as a veteran teacher I probably wouldn't have gone down the road that I did we pressed charges against the kid which was not I I would not have done that 
later. My room got broken into, my purse got stolen, and there was a shopping center right across the street from my school. And the kid took, so Visa had a program at that point in time where you could put your own picture on your credit card. (laughs) And so identity protection at its (laughs) finest. So the kid took my uh, uh, card across the street and tried to buy something at JJ Newberry's with it. And (laughs) the uh, store owner just like lifted his eyebrow and looked at me and looked at the kid and the kids just ran. And so the store (laughs) owner called me, actually called my school saying, I think this is probably one of your teacher's (laughs) cards. (laughs) There were academic things that happened in my classroom uh, from time to time. My uh, evaluator came unannounced and my students were literally running with scissors. (laughs) And it only got crazier from there. At the end of the lesson, she just patted my hand and she was like, we're just going to call this a visit. It's not really an evaluation, okay? (laughs) Bless her. Bless her sweet, sweet heart. She had some empathy for me because it was really not going well that first year. It honestly... Uh, It did not go well. She was very helpful to me, though. She later came into my classroom, and it was much more under control. And I remember a student had their feet up on the desk, and that was a rule in my classroom that you couldn't have your feet up on the desk. So just during my lesson, I just tapped the girl on the legs, and she put her feet down, and there was no big issue. And that same evaluator pointed out to me that that was a gentle way to get the rule enforced and move on with the lesson without disrupting things. She used the word gentle, which I was like, oh my gosh, you can be gentle and be a disciplinarian. That's a really good that that was fantastic. I didn't really feel like I was a teacher though until probably the end of the fourth quarter. We read Antigone, you know, trying to make Antigone feel relevant to junior high kids in the big city and we read it. It went really well. And this little girl at the end of the lesson, she was like, Antigone? She is one hard woman. (laughs) Yes, she she is. She just connected with that character and all that kind of stuff. So it did all come together. We studied the O.J. Simpson hearing to to help learn the Ten Amendments and stuff. We did some really cool things, but it was also crazy, and I was exhausted. You know, I, I went through days of feeling like I absolutely do not want to teach anymore. This is crazy for a living. At the end of the year, we had reduction in force, so I got laid off, and I was crying, and I went to the board to beg that I could work for the school because I loved my job so much. So this is kind of off topic, but I wonder, you did not teach right after college, correct? Well, I I did it a roundabout way. I went to college for an education degree, but towards the end of it, I started doing work in the mental health field. And I decided that was interesting to me. So my kind of first swipe at undergrad, I did not get my teaching certificate. So then I went and worked as a mental health case manager for two years. 
and liked it, but realized that what I was really doing was teaching people things. Mm -hmm. And I was getting paid a lot less money for them because I didn't have a social work degree. So I went back to do my student teaching. So I'm, I might be the only person who went into teaching for the money. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wonder if that has any bearing on your resilience, because I didn't teach Mm. right away either mm. I think I knew when I graduated I was like I'm not ready to get into a classroom <laughs> like what I have no idea how I would have understood the social problems that my students were having if I didn't have that background in yeah. mental health and then also I notice a lot of times with student teachers we are teaching them how to have jobs sometimes. It, it would have been too much for me to learn how to have a professional job and how to teach and how to manage classroom behavior and all that other stuff you have to do. I was really not ready for that. Yeah, I mean, we could spend episodes and episodes talking about teacher preparation programs and how they need to change. Yeah. So what lessons did you learn from those experiences? Well, I think the biggest one was that you can't worry so much about your curriculum. Like when I first started teaching, there was no English curriculum. I was like, I, they were just like, oh, you, you teach the common core standards. And I was like, <laughs> how does one do that? Uh, so I did not reinvent the wheel because I had a zillion other teachers telling me do not reinvent the wheel. So I Googled and Googled and Googled Engage New York. Uh, what's that? Other one? Louisiana Believes mm -hmm. has pre-made Common Core aligned lessons. And I was like, okay, I'm going to follow this plan and try to work on classroom management because based on that first day, classroom management was really going to be my, my big deal. So that's what I focused on that year, trying to manage my classroom so that actual learning could occur during your first year don't worry so much about what you're teaching so much as how you're teaching it mm. if that makes sense i love that you know more than most high school kids okay so you yes. are going to be just fine on the curriculum part there will be something that you can bring to them that will teach them something and there is such a plethora of high-quality lessons, like Margaret was talking about. There are a ton of samples of how to teach a lesson. So let somebody else take care of that. Don't try to reinvent the wheel. Let somebody else do that. You work on how you're going to relate to your students. Mm -hmm. And let that be the thing that you learn this year. Because you already know more than... You've got a bachelor's degree. You know more than high school kids do about whatever your content is. So learn about them and learn about yourself. It is just the weirdest thing that you stand up in front of kids and you cannot fake anything with them. They will see right through you. They sit there for hours on end and just stare at a teacher. I remember one time... <laughs> You know, I was teaching a lesson and I, I was reprimanding some student for saying something. And she said, who are you in those ashy jeans to tell me what's going on? I had my hip little black jeans on, you know. I thought, you know, it's a Friday, a casual Friday. I can wear my black jeans. I'm like, oh my gosh, they see everything. everything. <laughs> 
and we'll use it against you. Yep. <laughs> I remember like any time my first year, I got so flustered all the time, hence the sweating. And if I like couldn't answer a question or if I was trying to do a little white lie to get them to do what I needed them to do, my face would get red. And so they'd be like, why is your face all red? And I'm like, I'm just hot. <laughs> but they're not buying that. They like, it like totally lost all yeah. credibility. Yeah. That is the best thing you can say to a kid is, I have no idea. Let's look that up. Let's figure that out. They don't want you to know all the answers. They ask better questions than mm-hmm. I do all the time. And, um, uh, you know, the stories we read, I'm an English teacher, Margaret's an English teacher, the stories we read are universal experiences. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm only going to have my little facet of the universe. They are going to tell me other things about the stories that we read. But it's really hard because you have been built up this whole time to, in your undergrad, to feel like you should have all the answers. You have to be a competent teacher. And you will get there and probably on the first or second day somebody will ask you something and you won't know the answer to it. A lot of times it's procedural stuff. Yep. I wish that schools could get their act together a little better so that a teacher coming in as a first year or as a sub would know the answers to these questions like, you know, if today's advisory, when is lunch mm-hmm. or something like that. And when that are you just... not allowed to go to the bathroom? <laughs> All those kinds of things, and uh, we don't have our shit. To, we don't have our stuff together on that. We're, oh we're allowed to say shit. We oh, can we say yeah. shit? Yeah. Okay. We've been wondering how much we can cuss on this podcast, and so there you have it. So you can leave <laughs> us a comment and say whether shit is okay to say. <laughs> we hope it is. Your homework assignment for this week is to find a teacher friend and share a story about your first year of teaching. Yeah, and bonus points if you can uh, find an incoming teacher to your building and kind of destigmatize the whole first year process. Because I think it can be very isolating. So if you can say, oh, well, this is what happened to me. You're not alone. You're going to feel a lot better. What's our show sponsored by this, oh, this week, Margaret? This show is brought to you by Mr. Sweatstains. Avoid the smelly odor of teacher sweat. <laughs> Thank you, Margaret. Thank you, Glenetta. We're going to play you out with some uh, stories of other teachers' first-year experiences. My first year of teaching was a nightmare, and I vowed to never teach again. And here I am 12 years later. My first year of teaching, I often went home at the end of every day. Uh, questioning my calling to teach because I had had such a hard time uh, figuring that balance out. Uh, Eventually I was able to figure it out and felt strong, but the first year was really tough. My first year of teaching, I struggled to find a balance between my personal life and my work life. My first year of teaching was beyond overwhelming and stressful. Um, I had to learn everything on my feet. Um, I found it incredibly rewarding, um, but it was definitely a lot of my own work on my own time. My first year of teaching was completely overwhelming. I didn't have the textbooks or the curriculum, and they kept changing what I was going to teach. 
My first year, I was a little overwhelmed with um, trying to get a curriculum together, all the lesson plans and figuring things out. I was taking work home every night, staying up late, then coming in exhausted in the morning. However, I did learn finally that I didn't have to do all of that. Um, some of those papers could wait till the next day. And um, then I started to become a little bit more relaxed. So that was a good learning experience my first year. Just know that those papers aren't gonna run away <laughs> and they will be there. I was the same way, just taking so much home. Um, I still probably do a little bit too much um, of that still today, but um, the most important thing I think I forgot or didn't learn how to do was to build the relationships with the kids because I was like, okay, curriculum and what do I have to get through and yada, 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 that for years I didn't build that, just let them see who I am side. It was stressful, but the best advice I got from a professor in college was that you're going to be really bad for one to three years and then it'll all come together. So I think it's just weathering that storm of yeah. not being very good at it. And sticking with it. Yes, and sticking to it. Don't, don't wallow in your defeats. Come up with a way to get around it. Because I did a lot of things wrong last year, and if I just focused on that instead of what I'm going to do next year, I'd be selling used cars right now. <laughs> well, this has been What You Don't Know Yet. Bye! This episode is brought to you by your hosts, Glenetta Kraus and Margaret Lytle. It's executive produced by Amanda Hutchinson. Special thanks to Yana Pyach, Stephen Sippel, Matt McKinney, Maggie Lang, Amanda Hutchinson, Audra Fields, Kate Lee, and Logan Johnson for sharing their stories.